How many times a day, about how many, do you find that you have a few minutes between your tasks and errands and projects, assignments, kids, etc., when you're basically doing nothing? I imagine the initial answer that most of you think of is none. I simply don't have any time in my day for anything else. But I know that's not true. Of course, you, you are very busy, possibly incredibly busy. I have no doubt about that. But I am also almost entirely certain that you have at least one game on your phone. You may have an app for listening to a book or sports recaps or music and even browsing the news. We think we have no time because we immediately fill any free time we have with something on our phone. I'd like to welcome you to the Faith of the Centurion podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Steve. Thank you for joining me here, where we focus on how to spiritually grow our faith in such a way that it has real-world, practical results. Our problem when it comes to finding time to spend with God and grow in our faith and our relationship with Him isn't time management. Time management isn't really a thing. We cannot manage time. It will keep on going at the same speed, one second for every second. What we actually struggle with is task management. We struggle to manage all of the tasks that we have either imposed on us or self-imposed within any given 24-hour day. And honestly, it feels like there is no time left for speaking with God, meditating on his words. In other words, we don't have time to go to God and ask him for help or direction on how to spend our time. The story of the encounter the centurion had with Jesus is recounted in Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter 7. The centurion had a servant who was ill and went to Jesus to request that he heal his servant. Jesus agreed and told the centurion he would go to his servant. The centurion countered that, first off, he was not worthy to have Jesus come into his home, but also that it wasn't necessary. The centurion knew that all Jesus had to do was say that his servant would be healed, and it would be so. In the life of the centurion, if he were given a task by his superiors, then his superiors knew that it would be done. And the same held true for the task that he gave to his soldiers. Once he gave an order, he knew, as simply as a matter of fact, that it would be done. Jesus turned to the people of Israel who were all around him and said, This is faith. We fill our days with tasks that our bosses give, that our professors give, and I hope that you put your best effort into completing those tasks to meet or exceed the expectations given to you. After all, the Bible tells us in Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We give our time and our effort to our employers, to our teachers, to our families, and to our friends. And this is all good, until we run out of time to give time to our Lord and Savior. 
When I was completing my studies in seminary in Washington, D.C., that was probably the busiest time of my life. I was up at 5.30 every weekday morning to drive to Fort Meade, where I'd work an 8- to 10-hour day teaching at the Defense Information School, which was an hour-and-a-half drive from where my wife, Rita, and I lived on the eastern shore of Maryland. After work, I would then drive into D.C. rush-hour traffic for my evening classes, which I had at least four nights a week, sometimes five if I had a study group or an extra ministry activity that I needed to do. Then I'd leave there around 10 p.m. for my hour-and-a-half drive home. Since I was the sole pastor for two churches on the Eastern Shore at the same time, much of my free time that I had at work or at seminary went to preparing for Bible studies, writing sermons, or calling people who needed to talk to their pastor. Saturday was my one day that I would be able to focus on my family. So it was almost always filled with activities, often the kind that required driving somewhere, and spending this little bit of time I had during the week with my wife and preteen and teenage daughters. Then Sundays were full of giving sermons, speaking to people at church, and in general serving the two churches I was appointed to. And Sunday evenings I was preparing for the upcoming week. During this time in my life where I was studying the Bible the most and preaching the gospel the most, was the same time I was engaging with God on a personal level the least. And all that I was doing in ministry and in seminary, I simply didn't have time to stop and spend a few moments with God. So I understand those of you who think you don't have time. But honestly, even looking back to when I was the most busy, even back then, there was time. I had at least one game on my phone. I would check the news, look at the weather. I would stop my work to talk with a friendly co-worker about their weekend or their family. I had time for all these things. So I had time for God. If we can make time for all these other activities, we can make time for God. Taking a few moments here or there to give thanks for a blessing, even a small one, is time given to God. Saying a short prayer before an exam, or a business meeting, or a flight, or simply meeting up to hang out with friends, is time given to God. A pastor once told me if somebody was praying while driving or listening to the audio Bible while exercising, that this isn't giving God the time that he deserves. Well, this is both true and it's flawed logic. It's true because we should be giving all of our time to God, every moment of every day. First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us that we should pray continually. But does that mean that God doesn't want us to do anything else? At all? Ever? If it doesn't mean that, then it means that God is okay with us praying while we are making dinner for our hungry family, taking care of the baby, studying for a test, or while driving to work. 
depending on where you live, praying while driving is a necessity. This is what I think it means to pray continually and do all things as unto the Lord. It doesn't mean to stop doing what you're doing. It means to incorporate God into what you're doing. By doing this, we purposely focus on God, and by doing so, he helps us to truly see the world around us. So that thesis you're working on, it will stop simply being the final step in a course or a degree program and become a conversation where God can help you to see his purpose in the process that you're going through. Having faith, like the centurion, means knowing the authoritative power of your sovereign Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It means that you know Jesus' voice, you listen for Jesus' voice, and you trust in what he says. The centurion simply had this faith. The rest of us, we need to work on it a little bit. So my advice is to start by incorporating God into your life here and there. Remind yourself in the morning, I will speak and listen to God today. I will find time during the day in the midst of my schedule to speak to him, to listen to him. Then, during the day when the thought crosses your mind, simply do it. Remember, remember always, you are not alone in this. John Wesley was once told, the Bible knows no such thing as a solitary religion. You see, you are part of an eternal Christian family. And I'm sure that there are brothers and sisters who would be pleased to pray for you in this endeavor. So now, may the Spirit of the living God be with you always, filling you with hope and continuing to grow you in faith and bless you for the work of the building up of